Doris, the artificial silk girl in the title of Ermgard Kuhn's acclaimed novel, is a collector of images. I walk around the streets and the restaurants and among people and lanterns, and then I try to remember what I've seen. If the narrator of Christopher Isherwood's Goodbye to Berlin achieved acclaim by declaring, I am a camera, Doris, too, insists that she works in a visual rather than verbal medium. She may write everything down, but she feels nothing but contempt for diarists who traffic in mere words. I want to write like a movie, she declares, offering continuous reels rather than mere snapshots of the world she inhabits. If Doris is unable to script her life in exactly the way she desires, she nonetheless succeeds in producing powerful images that enlarge our understanding of the culture of everyday life in an era that came to be known as the Golden Twenties. With her focus on surfaces, appearances, skins, faces, and facades, Doris self-consciously sets herself against the literary tradition of confessional narratives. She has no intention of bearing her soul, interrogating her motives, or expressing her feelings. One of her first descriptive moves is trained on her body rather than on what goes on in her mind. I'm sitting in my room in my nightgown, which has slipped off my famous shoulder, and everything about me is just first class, only my left leg is slightly wider than my right one. It is no accident that Doris's story begins with the theft of a fur coat— I felt like kissing it. That's how much I loved it. That transgression changes her life, marking a transition from home, a place that offers intimacy, even if in somewhat troubled form, to the big city, an arena in which she will judge and be judged by surface appearances alone. With her second skin, Doris leaves behind what is presumably the town of Cologne to seek her fortune in the city of Berlin. In Cologne, Doris had worked as an actress on a small stage, reciting a single line from a play by the renowned German dramatist Friedrich Schiller. In Berlin, she attempts to move beyond bit parts and to fashion herself into a screen idol, hoping to enter Berlin's cinematic culture, but also seeking to become an icon of seductive glamour in her own film. Doris is unable to realize the Hollywood dream, to star in the master narrative that will take her from rags to riches. The constant friction between her materialistic desires and her romantic ambitions derails efforts to become upward mobile. It is as if Doris has joined the cast of a play by the Viennese dramatist Arthur Schnitzler. At once naive and cynical, innocent and corrupt, she experiences life as a series of episodes, short-term affairs, bitter and sweet in varying proportions, that lead nowhere. If Doris fails to plot her life along the lines of Hollywood melodrama, she nonetheless succeeds in producing a document in a cinematic style, Kinestil, endorsed by the celebrated novelist Alfred Doblin, the Berlin physician who was also one of Weimar Germany's leading intellectuals. Doris becomes a camera, recording the sights and sounds of city life. Her affair with Brenner, a blind veteran, becomes an opportunity for intensifying her power of vision. To Brenner's question, what did you see, Doris responds with the visual acuity of the artist George Groves. I saw men standing at corners selling perfume without a coat and a pert face and a gray cap on, and posters with naked and rosy girls on them, and nobody looking at them. I saw a man with a sign around his neck, I will accept any work with any underlined three times in red, and a spiteful mouth, the corners of which were drawn increasingly down.
When Doris takes Brenner out for a night on the town, she evokes Berlin nightlife with its heady distractions and cheerless glamour. Wandering through the streets, stopping at cafes and restaurants, Doris desperately seeks to persuade herself and Brenner that Berlin has the power to energize and invigorate with its myriad diversions. I just want him to like my Berlin.